0: This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Welcome to the offseason Ravens fans. It's been the offseason for a few weeks now, but hope everyone out there has been enjoying watching some playoff football. Super wild card weekend was actually not so super. Didn't have the best games last weekend, but this past weekend in the divisional round saw four absolutely incredible games. It just seemed like each game kept getting better and better. Then it all came down to that Bills-Chiefs game on Sunday night. Such a great game. I was going nuts watching that. Neither team deserved to lose, and that was just an incredible game. Hope everyone's been enjoying those games. I wish we were watching the Ravens, but 2021 was just not our year One of the recording episodes this week, we've had a good bit of Ravens news over the past few days. Just earlier today, I'm recording this Tuesday evening, it was rumored that head coach John Harbaugh will be receiving a contract extension. So I want to talk about that. Also, this past Friday evening, it was announced that Wink Martindale was fired. We're going to break that down, why I think Wink was let go and some possible replacements who might be um, interviewing and on the radar to replace him. I also wanted to take a look at our just off-season outlook, take a look at where things stand in terms of our salary cap, how much space we have, potential moves that we can make to free up the cap, also some pending free agents and players who may retire. Then also, I wanted to wrap up by talking about what our last place, man, that's tough to say, but what our fourth place finish means in terms of next year. It's actually pretty beneficial in terms of our draft pick and 2022 opponents, so let's get right into it. First things first, head coach John Harbaugh rumored this afternoon to be receiving a contract extension. That's always good news from my perspective. Uh, John Harbaugh is a top five, I would say, coach in the NFL. Just was named coach of the year 2019. He's a great coach, no other way to put it. Uh, Happy to hear this news that his contract is being extended. I think it's no doubt, obviously, that that would happen. It wasn't uh, a situation where I think John Harbaugh would be leaving the Ravens or anything like that, but he was heading into the last year of his contract in 2022 and owner Steve Bishotti has said that he does not like to have a lame duck coach, you know, going into your last year, kind of being in this position of what does the future hold? So makes a lot of sense for uh, this extension for John Harbaugh. It seems like we might have it officially announced in the next few weeks. It also makes a lot of sense because the Ravens will be needing to hire a defensive court coordinator this past Friday night I thought it was a little interesting it was kind of like the Friday evening news dump um, but it was announced Wink Martindale was let go from the Ravens as a defensive coordinator he'd been coordinator for the past four seasons so a bit surprising I think I tweeted out this was not the coordinator Ravens fans wanted to be fired uh, referring to Greg Roman obviously but just kind of seemed like it was a a mutual decision from both sides. Uh, Maybe some more uh, philosophical differences in terms of John Harbaugh and Wink Martindale. Two strong personalities for sure. Um, Wink was also going into the last year of his deal, and it seems like the Ravens didn't want to commit uh, long-term to him. I know uh, from sources that I've read from that Wink is... Uh, I would say top two, top three paid defensive coordinator in the NFL. And the Ravens just didn't feel comfortable uh, committing long-term to Wink Martindale. And on Wink's side, you can understand uh, wanting to kind of secure your future, but also wanting to make sure that you have the opportunities out there where if he in the Ravens defense were to perform well, he would have himself a head coaching position uh, the next few years, but just kind of seemed like it had run its course in terms of, their relationship. Uh, I looked up. I looked this up in terms of defensive coordinators. On average, uh, it's like two and a half, 2.6 seasons uh, defensive coordinator last for a team. Obviously, this has been four years for Wink, so it's just kind of it's just kind of run its course, you know. Uh, you want stability in terms of coaching, but sometimes change is needed. So probably not the move I would have made. But what do I know? I'm not the coach of the Ravens. If John Harbaugh is making this decision to make a change. He obviously must have a replacement, or at least the sort of style defense um, that he wants in mind. So I'm really interested to see kind of where things go from here. There are some potential names out there that have been floating around, a couple names that have been tossed around in terms of coaches that the Ravens have already interviewed. So let's break those down here. And just in the past, uh, historically, the Ravens have Hired from within when they've been replacing their defensive coordinator. So from from Wink Martindale to uh, Dean Pease, all the way back to uh, Rex Ryan, the Ravens have typically hired from within. So instantly that gets you thinking, OK, who's on staff now that could take the spot of defensive coordinator two names really come to mind. The first one is Anthony Weaver, who's been the defensive line coach uh, this past season. He came from the Texans. He was their defensive coordinator for, I believe, just one season. But he's a younger guy, played for the Ravens, was drafted by the Ravens, knows what the Ravens culture is all about, and has that defensive coordinator experience, as I said, with the Texans. So he's a popular name you're seeing a lot of. Also, Chris Hewitt, who in the past has been actually viewed as the favorite to replace wink when uh, wink martindale was getting head coaching interviews he's been with the Ravens since 2012 he's their defensive backs coach and also pass game coordinator so um, those two are the kind of internal names you're hearing the most that are currently on staff with the ravens um, two other names that have been i've seen out there uh, these guys have both been coaches with the ravens for a while but aren't currently coaches One, uh, Mike McDonald is the Michigan defensive coordinator. He had been with the Ravens since 2014 all the way up until last year. And then he went to join uh, John Harbaugh's brother, Jim, at the University of Michigan and was their defensive coordinator and really did a great job. Michigan had a great season, made the playoffs, and he is just regarded as a... Rising coach within the industry, he's actually got interviews. When the Ravens hired Wink Martindale back in twenty, I think twenty eighteen it was. Um, John Harbaugh actually interviewed Mike McDonald, and think about that—that was four or five years ago. He was even younger, and he was so thought, you know, so well thought of that John Harbaugh interviewed him for defensive coordinator back then. So it seems like uh, he is very well thought of within the industry. I'm not sure if. John would want to take a well-regarded coaching staff, coaching member of his brother's staff, but never remains to be seen. And then also another coach who spent a lot of time in Baltimore, but was not with the team. This past year, Joe Cullen, he was their defensive line coach from 2016 to 2020. He's now in Jacksonville. He was their defensive coordinator in 2021, but obviously with head coach Urban Meyer on the outs in Jacksonville, uh, it seems like he might be looking for a new job. He's obviously familiar with the Ravens roster and the Ravens culture, having spent a handful of years here. And he also has defensive coordinator experience, so he's got that going from him. So, Joe Cullen, Mike McDonald, Anthony Weaver, Chris Hewitt. Those are a couple of names that make a lot of sense to me. And then just in the past couple of days, it's come out that the Ravens have also uh, requested a couple of interviews. And in I believe in the case of Chris Richard, they did interview him. He's the Saints defensive backs coach. And hey, the Saints picked off a lot of balls this year. Marcus Lattimore, they have some solid secondary. Um, it's also been announced that Sean Payton, uh, head coach, will be moving on from the Saints. So that means that obviously their coordinators might be out. New coach comes in, brings in new coordinators, which brings in new staff. So Chris Richard might be looking for a job. Then also Joe Witt Jr. He's the Cowboys secondary coach slash uh, defensive passing game coordinator. And again, another team who had a lot of interceptions this year. Uh, Trayvon Diggs led the way, obviously, but the Cowboys had a really good secondary, picked off a lot of passes. Just one thing that came to my mind when I heard those two names, the Saints and the Cowboys, and it seems like head coach John Harbaugh is maybe ready to make a change. As I said, they've always hired from within, but this maybe just kind of seems like the situation where they might bring in one of those two guys where um, there could be some potential coaching changes within their own teams. As I mentioned already, the saints will be looking for a new coaching staff and the Cowboys. uh, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator is getting a ton of head coaching interviews. It seems like he'll probably land a job, which means the Cowboys will need a new defensive coordinator so Joe Witt might be a candidate for that, or he might be looking for a job. But I will say the Ravens' defensive coordinator position, I mean, that's it's a well-regarded position around the league. The Ravens have typically had a very successful defense over really their entire franchise, and this is a well-regarded position. So I'm really hoping for just a solid hire from Coach John Harbaugh. It's going to uh, it's gonna be a big deal, but as I open this segment um, – him getting extended, head coach John Harbaugh getting extended, makes a lot of sense because you don't want to bring in a defensive coordinator knowing that his head coach only has one year left on his deal. Um, it provides a bit more security to whoever Harbaugh decides to hire as his defensive coordinator. So we'll be interested to see where this goes. Seems like over the next couple of days or the next week, we might have a decision on our hands. Next, I wanted to break down the Ravens' salary cap outlook, where things stand in terms of how much money they will have going into free agency, and then also some potential moves or cuts or extensions or restructures that could be done for the Ravens to save some more money, have some more money to spend. And then also, I want to look at a couple players who may or may not be back come next season. So to start out, the Ravens are currently $7.2 million under the cap. It's not a lot of money, but you got to factor in all the draft picks that will be coming in, and then the restricted free agents for the Ravens will offer a contract to. So currently $7.2 million under the cap. Not a ton of money, especially when you think about how the Ravens want to improve their offensive line, rebuild a lot of their defense, but there are a handful of moves that could be made to free up some money. The big one, obviously, the most talked about, Potential move is the extension for quarterback Lamar Jackson. If Lamar does not receive a contract extension in 2022, he'll be playing on his fifth year option, which is I think it's like twenty two million dollars as a cap hit. So pretty big number there. But if the Ravens do agree to an extension with him, they could potentially save. I have around like $12, 13 million dollars just based off his Uh, later years being added in there, and that takes down uh, next year's salary cap. Again, an agreement would take that down to maybe $12, $13 million they would save. So that is one potential move that could be made. Another are a couple of releases. So Alejandro Villanueva, uh, probably if I had to guess, is going to either be released or retire. But that saved six million dollars, so that's a decent savings there for a player who was okay. I would say he, you know, he was durable, which was great because the Ravens needed bodies. But uh, he didn't play great. I think he led the NFL in sacks and penalties, which is not good. But a release of Villanueva saved six million. Another potential release is uh, Miles Boykin, who played a lot in his first two years in the league, which means he um, was due to make a little bit more money. This past year, didn't play a ton, was injured, then played on special teams some, but this kind of seems like the writing's on the wall there. The Ravens can save like two and a half million dollars if they release Miles Boykin. So with uh, with those two releases, that's you know close to nine million dollars there. Another big name is Tavon Young. Um, Tavon actually stayed pretty healthy this year, which was rare for him, but um, is still making a lot of money when he signed that contract uh, extension. A couple of years ago, he was the highest paid slot cornerback in the NFL. It's since been has has since been passed by a couple others, but it's still making a good amount of money. So, The Ravens might be interested in uh, maybe extending him, but I could more or less see him being released or asked to take another pay cut. So um, it's potentially like $6 million, I believe, if he gets released, or say he takes a pay cut and saves maybe $3 million there. Um, But Tavon Young is due to make a lot of money, so I'll be interested to see what happens there. Another cornerback, Marcus Peters, um, is due. I think his salary cap hit is like $15 million. So... Pretty big number for Marcus Peters. He will be coming off an ACL injury, but I don't see the Ravens releasing him or anything like that. They would save $10 million if they release him, but again, I just don't see that happening, especially after the year they have the secondary. He's their best playmaker, forces turnovers, and it's extremely valuable. They might be able to extend him if they feel comfortable with where he's at coming off his injury. That could save about $5 million or so if they extend him and then a couple other moves that could be made are the restructures. So Ronnie Stanley and Marlon Humphrey um, just signed. It was that was 20, 2020 uh, when they signed their contracts. So you could create about $13 million by restructuring their deals, giving them bonuses up front to lower their cap hits. So with all that said, that's about like $43 to $50 million that could be freed up for potential moves just by extending Lamar Jackson, releasing Willa Nueva or Miles Boykin, potentially having Tavon Young take a pay cut or be released. Marcus Peters, if I had to guess, maybe an extension for him, but you could lower that cap number if you wanted to, and then some restructures for Ronnie Stanley and Marlon Humphrey. So there are moves to be made. That would give the Ravens, say, $50 million in cap, um, which would potentially be used to to go a long ways there. Um, And then also some potential free agents um, on the radar. I would say, number one, Calais Campbell. Uh, his contract is up, might be able to just kind of ride off in the sunset if Calais wants to. He's had a great career, but he, sh- he still showed at times this year. He has a lot left in the tank, so uh, I'm not sure. I could see that kind of being a 50-50 toss-up in terms of what if he wants to retire or come back, would think that uh, if he does want to continue playing, the Ravens would certainly offer him a contract. Also on the defensive line, Brandon Williams, who has been in Baltimore, obviously, his whole career. He's 32 years old, and it just kind of seems like the Ravens are looking to get younger and um, also just have more of an interior pass rush, which he does not offer much of on their defensive line. So it just kind of seems like Brandon Williams, um, is over his career is over as a Raven. I'm sure they might offer him a, a contract that... Probably not a ton of money, but if he wants to keep playing in Baltimore, there might be a role for him there on a on a lower value. But this kind of seems like the writing's on the wall there. Uh, Patrick Ricard, fullback, uh, his contract is up. He was placed on IR at the end of the year, but still had a really solid season this year. He's so versatile as a fullback and even some snaps in tight end. Um, he maybe has priced himself out of the Ravens' comfort zone, honestly. Um, how much money do you want to pay a fullback is the question. Um, also on Friday, the Ravens announced that they had signed Ben Mason to a futures contract. They drafted him in the fifth round this past year, cut him. I think he bounced around practice squads, a couple different places, but then the Ravens just re-signed him. So they have him on the roster potentially as a backup plan if they don't sign Ricard. Um, I got that. It's like another 50-50 for me. I could see him coming back. It seems like he loves being a Raven, but again, how much money do you pay a fullback? Um, Another guy who potentially is on the fence, uh, Justin Houston. He, again, might just retire. He's 32 years old. His best football is behind him, but um, had four and a half sacks this year. Not obviously a great amount of sacks, but just seemed to be in the backfield a lot and did pressure opposing quarterbacks few other guys, Anthony Averett, who in earlier on in his career did not see the field much, but was pressed into a starting position this season and was probably the Ravens' most consistent player in their secondary, even when Marlon Humphrey was in there. Um, he ended the year on IR with a chest injury, but was a solid player. The Ravens need depth, but I just don't know how much he may, again, have priced himself out. Don't know how much room the Ravens are going to have for a, a kind of a luxury, you know, when when you have Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, those are going to be your top two cornerbacks probably. Um, but if they want to pay him decent money, Anthony Aver, that is, if they want to pay him decent money to be a kind of third cornerback, um, he's he deserves it, I would say, this year. He really showed when he was healthy. He can he can be a solid starting cornerback in this league. Um, safety Deshaun Elliott, who has really been plagued by injuries his entire Ravens career, um, was really playing a lot better uh, this season when he was healthy but suffered a season-ending injury Seems like he might be back, but it kind of just seems like, again, the Ravens might be looking at other options at safety, whether in free agency or the draft. So if I had to guess, I'm thinking Deshaun Elliott may have played his last uh, down as a Raven. And then the last one here, potentially the biggest, uh, Bradley Bozeman, who has been a starter on the offensive line for the past three seasons. He played two seasons at left guard and then had a really nice and effective switch to center this season, but again, he may have priced himself out of Baltimore. This one's really hard for me, but I, I lean on, you got to resign Bozeman. You know, you want to come to a good agreement. You don't want to spend too much more than you need to, but one of my biggest priorities this offseason is to build the offensive line for quarterback Lamar Jackson, and if you lose Bozeman, that's just another guy you have to replace to, to build a solid and effective offensive line. He was probably their most um, consistent Lineman, him and Kevin Sleitler are both really solid, but just don't want to see Bozeman leave. He does so much on and off the field, and this uh, this community has grown to love him. He's given back so much, him and his wife, to Baltimore and through their foundation all across the country. So really want to see Bozeman come back, but a lot of names there, Bozeman, Elliott, Averitt, Justin Houston, Brandon Williams, Ricard, and Calais Campbell. A lot of decisions need to be made. Some of those decisions might be made, Um, for Eric DaCosta by those guys. A couple might call it quits and retire. Some might want to play, but a lot of decisions would need to be made. And hey, $50 million if the Ravens make some moves. That's a decent amount of money to be spent. So we'll be interested to see. The Ravens aren't typically huge players in free agency, but they might make a splash or two if they have some money and especially if they save that money if they extend quarterback Lamar Jackson. Last thing I wanted to cover here. Yes, the Ravens did end the season on a six-game losing streak. Yes, the Ravens did miss the playoffs. And yes, the Ravens did finish in last place in their division. But all those things, while they may be unfortunate and not very fun for the Ravens this year, does mean the Ravens uh, do have some things going their way as they head into 2022. One of those being the NFL Draft The Ravens actually will be picking 14th in the NFL draft upcoming in April. That's their highest pick. They had 16 back in 2017, it was, when they picked Marlon Humphrey, but they were picking 14, and I am really not used to the Ravens picking that high, but really excited about the type of player the Ravens could get at 14, uh, whether it's offensive line and an offensive tackle or a cornerback. Um, defensive end, outside linebacker help, whatever it might be. At 14, the Ravens should be able to land a very solid player. And then um, I tweeted this out uh, recently, but the Ravens, I think it's nine picks in the first four rounds. They have a first, a second, two thirds, and then five fourth round picks, I think it is. So the Ravens are going to be wheeling and dealing and, uh, hey, 14th pick in the draft, pretty excited about that. And then the other good thing about the Ravens' unfortunate season is they'll be playing a fourth-place schedule. So that means, especially with the added game this year, there's another game that is determined based off where you finish. So because the Ravens will be playing a fourth-place schedule, that means they're going to play three games against teams that also finished in last place. So because of this, the Ravens will be playing the Denver Broncos, who will have a new head coach, the New York Giants, who will have a new head coach, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who will have a new head coach. So, hey, that's what happens when you finish last. You play worse teams. Um, to compare this, the Bengals, instead of facing the Broncos, the Bengals are going to face the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, instead of facing the the Giants, the Bengals are going to face the Dallas Cowboys. And instead of facing the Jaguars, the Bengals are going to face the Tennessee Titans. So. Because the Bengals won the division, they're going to play Kansas City, Dallas, and Tennessee, while the Ravens are going to be playing Denver, the New York Giants, and Jacksonville. So, hey, 2022, it's already looking a whole heck of a lot better than 2021 has. The Ravens are going to be picking as high as they have in the draft in the past couple years, and they're going to be facing some poor teams in terms of where they finished last year, but really three teams with new head coaches, and just kind of seems like things might go our way there in terms of facing some lesser opponents than the Ravens division rivals will be facing. So just wanted to hit on that. It feel like it's not talked about too much, but yes, this season was not very fun to watch, but Hey, at least we have those things going for us next year. Thanks so much for listening to our episode this week. That's all I have. If you're still listening, be sure to give us a uh, five-star review wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, whatever it is. Love all of the support we've received all year. Tune in. Probably we will try to release another podcast at some point here in the next few weeks once the Ravens have made some decisions in terms of their coaching staff, and I'll do a preview of free agency in the next few weeks. Thanks so much. Peace.